What is up, Bulldog fans? It has been a minute. My co-host and I would like to apologize. We just really didn't want to talk after Georgia, and um, there wasn't much to say. So here we are. We took a week off to just refresh, think about ball, watch some ball, and, uh, you know, get back in the W column. So that was good. Um, we uh, pop off against a uh, subpar ETSU team. Um, looked uh, looked as expected to me. Still don't really know as much as I would like to about this team. Eleven games into the season, but we're seven and four. We're four days away from the Egg Bowl. What to say, you, Maddie Light? Yeah, you know, seven and four, sitting pretty much where I kind of figured we'd be sitting at this point in the in the in the season I was really hoping that we could be you know eight three at this point um, maybe take away one of those losses to Kentucky or LSU but you know it is what it is um, I'm feeling man you know it's hard to watch a game like last night's game against uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss and not feel a little bit of optimism for us going into the egg bowl week this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I, it's still cautious optimism because we are playing away. We haven't played very well away all year. Coupled with the fact it is supposed to be wet and cold. And, you know, we are a pass first offense that when wetness gets involved, we tend to drop balls and, things don't really go our way so no, we'll we're see not how we're not goes. a pass first offense we are a pass only offense yeah. right now yeah which and, is a problem and that Maybe is a huge problem considering i mean old miss's biggest weak point is their run defense i mean we could give it to marks and johnson and run it down their throats all game but we won't do that because leach refuses to correct so <clears throat> Yeah, uh, the stars are not aligning very well for us, even though it is good to see them um, get their back blown out by the Hogs. Um, But yes, it's going to rain pretty likely, and it's on the road. And those are just two things that we never do well in. Um, I think we're one in three on the road this year, our only win being uh, at Arizona, I think is right. So, I don't know, man. It's just not – I in the preseason pod, I predicted 8-4. and four. Um, Ole Miss is better than I thought they were going to be. And we're sitting right where I thought we were going to be. But we're going to get into the predictions and whatnot on Tuesday when we get those guys on here. But I would say right now – I don't feel just awful about it because it's the egg bowl and weird things happen, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah. No, that that's about pretty much what I feel like. I feel like we are, we are supposed to lose this game. And, you know, in the egg bowl, a lot of times when something like that happens, well, the team that's supposed to lose, it usually comes out on top, but we'll, we'll see how those, uh, that cookie crumbles, uh, on Thursday. Um, but yeah, you know, <clears throat> It was really nice to watch 
Ole Miss just get their back blown out by Arkansas at Arkansas there. I mean, it they literally were just running up and down the field, and, uh, and Ole Miss couldn't stop them. And that is something that I wish we would do at some point, but like we said, probably won't happen. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> It was like forty-two to six at one point, and I think Pittman just like literally like just started pulling guys. Yeah, like they just they just kind of coasted there at the end. Um, just looking over the weekend in general, uh, and this will roll into my first point on what we know. Um, it is that college football is still an elite product on a bad weekend. Uh, all we talk like I know we didn't talk on a pod last week, but all last week all I heard was. Oh, dude, this weekend slate of games blows. Like, this weekend's games suck. Like, there's nothing good on. Okay, well, first of all, uh, no bias, but Ole Miss gets blown out by Arkansas. Um, Tennessee just gets blown out randomly by Spencer Rattler. Uh, th- that I would have, I would have lost a lot of money on that game had I put money on it. That, oh yeah, absolutely. Who never would have thought? Um, and then we have, uh, let's see, uh, TCU barely stays alive on a last minute field goal yeah. running clock, like a last minute, last minute, like run yeah. people out. I, I, I was watching that live and I couldn't believe it. Um, Michigan scares by Illinois. Uh, that was kind of a garbage call, uh, there at the end, a little pass interference, but anyway, um, <clears throat> there's just, I don't know. And just, just weird things happened. And uh, I feel like I'm missing. One. Oh, North Carolina lost uh, well, to freaking Georgia Tech. Uh, just that, and uh, Ohio State had some trouble there for a little bit too. Uh, and yep. Michigan had to w- uh, win with a last-second field goal as well. So there was right. like all three of those teams undefeated barely got out of it, you know. And yeah, the North yeah, Carolina and, thing uh, was interesting. And the Pac-12's chances almost just died. Uh, USC got by. UCLA with a field goal, um, so they're still alive for the playoff. And uh, you know, Oregon kind of ruined their chances last week, but they beat Utah. But yeah, so <clears throat> as of now, I like to think that Clemson doesn't have a chance to get in. And last week, I would have said it's a lock, but now with Tennessee being done, and assuming they don't put Michigan and Ohio State in. If USC loses and TCU lose, I don't know. I just feel like they're going to try and sneak Clemson in there now. Mm. Yeah, I don't and know. I don't like it. Unless, like, I mean, does a two-loss LSU team that beat Georgia in the SEC championship get in? And then yes, I would 100%. assume, I would assume Georgia a one-loss Georgia team would get in. Yeah, yeah. So in that case, it'd probably be uh, – Number one would probably be Ohio State or Michigan winner, and then two would be like TCU, or it really wouldn't matter who the two. It could be LSU, and then TCU three, and then Georgia four. Yeah, that'd be crazy if LSU got out. Yeah, um, I don't think they personally have a shot against Georgia, but weirder things have happened. So. Um, rolling into my next, uh, well, oh yeah, and Vandy getting two back to back wins in yes. Florida. <laughs> That's what believe, I was thinking. We can't not talk about Vandy beating Florida, and then I mean, at this at this point, they play Tennessee next week. I mean, it's crazy to even yeah. think about Vanderbilt no beating Tennessee this year. You know, 
But yeah, yeah. without Hooker, I mean, Tennessee is probably just absolutely demoralized at this point, losing their quarterback, not making the playoffs at this point, and losing to South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina is not a good team. And then, I mean, who, who's to say Vandy can't go three in a row here? I mean, that would be crazy. And, you know, it's it's going to be in Nashville. Huge uh, a crowd of at least 27 people going to show up. And uh, that home field advantage, you know, and is just rocking there. Um, Did you make jokes? I bet I bet a decent amount of Vandy fans show up for that game with these last I two bet, wins. Uh, I... uh, it'll, it'll be probably the biggest crowd they've had in a while. So yeah. Maybe. 94 people um <laughs> but yeah man just i don't know i just did not have that south carolina thing on my bingo card and who's to say that they're not going to go beat um freaking clemson this weekend that would uh, be crazy. rattler three for six tutties okay 438 um, yards and before, six touchdowns that's crazy he threw for six touchdowns against tennessee and for the entire rest of the season he had eight touchdowns think about that Through 10 games, he had eight touchdown passes, and he threw for six against the number five team in the land. I mean, we always knew that Tennessee's defense was their was their Achilles heel, but not to a Spencer Rattler, South Carolina team. That shouldn't happen. No. No, it's, it's not like he has, like, a bunch of elite receivers either. I mean, this is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Um, hilarious. Yeah, so... I don't have a power ranking down. I'll probably do that toward the end here. Um, but my second what we know is just looking at, at the season of a whole, I just want you to think about where how much different we would feel if our losses were two. One, the first one being LSU, who's going to represent the West in the title game. Two, Alabama, who is Alabama, we always lose two, and three, Georgia, the current number one and reigning national champion, and then throw away the Kentucky loss. If that Kentucky loss doesn't happen, think about how much better everybody feels right now. Oh, yeah, uh, tenfold, so much better, I feel. if and, and, you know, looking at that slate of those being our four losses, even, even with Kentucky in there, throw Kentucky in there just for shits and giggles, for the hypothetical it you know if you would have asked me two weeks ago how i was feeling i am feeling a little bit more optimistic now than i was two weeks ago i'd say um because looking at the caliber of these teams that we've lost to even with will levis and kentucky being a pretty poor team at this point um it does give me some bright side saying look our defense is pretty good uh they're they're gonna keep us in these games and i mean we only have one game left of course well i guess two with the bowl game but i think the defense is going to keep us in the game it's just the offense is the problem and it's you know this goes back to like 2017 or 18 whenever yeah 17 or 18 whenever we had the number one defense in the nation and we just couldn't do anything on offense and 18 yeah 18 well that's that's kind of what it's feeling like right now in the sense that in the big games, when we need to move the ball, we just kind of crumble under the pressure, and that, that that hurts. But yes, to answer your question, if you throw away that Kentucky loss, then I am feeling really good about where the team is, you know? 
Yeah, there's not a there's not another uh, four loss team, or I'll just say that in general, there's not another team in the country that has better losses than us. No, and I mean, we had one of the hardest schedules in the nation this year, you know. So it's like being seven and four at this point. We haven't lost at home. We've won the games we were supposed to win, bar the Kentucky game, if you want to count that as we should have won that one, you know. Um, except I guess LSU, we were technically favored in LSU, but I mean, you go down to Death Valley. I don't, I don't yeah, know. It's, it's I don't still know in Death Valley. And, uh, but, uh, and obviously, they're they're a lot better than everybody thought they were going to be. Yeah. So yeah, it it is uh, it is interesting to look at our losses and you know kind of regroup and say, okay, you know, maybe this year at some points in this year, I was feeling pretty down about this team, but uh, you know, looking back on it, even if we do lose to LSU. Or uh, excuse me, Ole Miss, and we end the we end the season seven and five. It's not, it's not great. It's not where we wanted to be, um, but you know, it could have been a lot worse. Looking at the rest of our schedule, you know. So, yeah, we'll get into a lot of um, season outlook and and leech stuff. Um, probably Tuesday and after the egg, um, but just for conversation's sake, if we do lose the egg bowl, leech has got to win the bowl game. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just mo- mo- momentum wise, like I don't think he's gonna get fired um, unless we just get blown out Thursday. But I don't think that's happening. Um, that being said, we still don't know who our AD is gonna be, so they, we may get somebody that just like hates my Mike Leach and just wants to see a change. I don't know, but I would say eighty percent chance that Leach is here next year. Um. That being said, uh, do you have a what we know down? Yeah, I do. Um, I'll just run through mine real quick. Uh, I don't really have to talk about each one too much. Uh, one, we've already kind of talked about. My first one is uh, looking, I'm kind of looking forward to this week um, and the Egg Bowl coming up. One is Old Miss's running defense is Poopy Butthole, and we will not capitalize on that, and I think that's going to be our greatest downfall, and I think if we lose this game, it is going to be because we can't move the ball on offense, and I have a feeling it is going to be because we are trying to throw the ball 98% of the time, and I think that's why if we lose this game, I think that's going to be a big part of it. Um, And then my other one was uh, our defense will slow them down. Uh, I think it'll be more of a bend-don't-break. Ole Miss is big on big plays we saw that against arkansas where they'd throw for chunk yardage like 40 50 yards you know Mm -hmm. 30 40 50 yard chunk plays we are susceptible to that in our secondary uh i really think that they're going to gash us a few times for some big plays but i really feel like uh once we get we shorten the field a little bit in the red zone i think we're going to be holding them to hopefully a lot of four and outs because they'll probably go for it a lot but uh Maybe some field goals and stuff. Maybe they won't be able to punch it in if we can stand them up. We'll see. Um, but I think our defense will be more of a bend, don't break, which they have all year, but even more so with this old Miss big chunk play offense kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, we just can't let – we just can't let Judkins and Evans beat us. I mean, you know, I trust uh, Arnett's going to throw some funky stuff at them. Um I think we'll be able to force some turnovers out of Dart. He's just young. Uh, he's not He's not bad, but he's not super experienced either. Um, just 
I don't know. I mean, it it really just comes down the defense. The defense will do its job. It's just going to come down to our offense. Are are we going to leave our defense out to dry and leave them on the field all game, or are we going to at least move the ball, keep them off the field, and put some points up? Um, yeah, and, the, and that's the biggest thing. Going back to like let Junkins beat us. He, I don't think he will beat us unless it's the third quarter and we've gone three and out four times in a row or something like that, and our defense yeah. has been on the. It'll be the fourth quarter of Kentucky all over again where they'll just run it down our throats, you know, because our defense is tired. Yes, agreed. Correct. Um, just like the UK game. Like, UK was not doing anything crazy on offense at all. I mean, we were stuffing it pretty well, and then it was very apparent that our defense was tired. And we don't do a great job of rotating guys on defense either, and that was pre-Crumity coming back. And Chris Rodriguez just eventually just started breaking free. I mean, Levis didn't do anything. Um, just want to say this again. Uh, he's, he blows. I just want everybody to know. Um, if he gets taken in the first round, somebody's got to lose their job in the NFL. Uh, anyways, so, I, yeah, man, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, and that's this is without us even diving into the Kiffin stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're we're not even going to go into that today. Uh, that'll be something that we'll talk about with some of the old Miss guys later on in the week. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, the only thing that I'm gonna say right now, and I'll leave it at this, is that performance against Arkansas is really suspect and makes you feel like he has a foot out the door. Yeah, almost. Because uh, like, if he would have come out and beat the brakes off of Arkansas, I'd have been like, okay, I really don't think these rumors are. True, you know, and I and I still I, I, I still kind of feel like he's not going anywhere, but I, you know, seeing a performance like that makes you, you know, it gives you that seed of doubt. So who, who knows? Yeah, it's not even about just like losing. I mean, it's a road game in the SEC. It happens, but it's about the in the fashion that it happened. Like they didn't show up. Yeah. Or they got drilled. And they just put up 21 in the fourth quarter when the game was over and made it look not so bad um, for anybody that was just looking at the box score. But, I mean, they they literally did not show up and play at all. And that's that's concerning. I mean, they it's not like they were playing for nothing, man. I mean, they were playing for a ten win se- back-to-back 10-win seasons, and now that's not going to happen. Um, so, I don't know. It's just – it's and it's really weird to me that he has not addressed anything. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, I think I I saw somewhere that he addressed the team and said that he's not going anywhere or something. But we've also heard that before. So yeah, that 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 doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, and and uh, if he did address the team and then they went out there and had that kind of performance, then they probably read through it. Yeah. Oh, uh, hey guys, I just. Want to let you know that uh, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But all right. All right. Um, before we get into like the polls or anything, I, w- I just want to bring up one thing. Actually, two things. Shoot. Number one, if you have a fall wedding on Saturdays, you're wrong, and I hate you. That's that's my first point. <laughs> point number two um, is. We have look. We have talked about this. I I'm sure this has been talked about on every podcast about every team in the SEC ever. 
but it's it's the referees and this needs to be addressed by the higher ups at the SEC officiating offices. There has to be some kind of punishment or some kind of I don't know do you say punishment or do you try to I don't I don't know what you do, but something has to be done. Like you can't have these guys consistently making these awful, awful calls. I'm talking about some stuff I saw in the Georgia game last week against Mississippi State. I'm saying stuff that I saw in the Arkansas Ole Miss game last night. Um, And in some of these other games this year, it has just been, some of the stuff is egregious and they don't even care. Like it's like not even, like they're just like, well, we can't do anything about it. Um, And you know, it's, it's really bad. Uh, and something has to be done. Like they have to be judged on how many times they get a bad call wrong or right or whatever. And these plays that can't be reviewed in that sense. Like if you keep consistently having bad calls in non-reviewable plays, then you should lose your job or get put on probation where you can't, referee for a little while until you think about what you've done and stuff like that you know and yeah there there should be like a vetting process and i know in baseball that every ump gets uh like a game rating right and they and they have grades like why why is that not a thing in football and if it is why why do i not know about it and it should be public information it absolutely should be public information and like the first thing that comes to my mind uh was the intentional grounding called on Will Rogers in the Georgia game um, that literally he, he was, Oh no, no, excuse me. Uh, it was, it was called on, they, uh, it was called on Stetson, excuse ben, me. Yes. But then they said we, he was outside the pocket and he was like in the center of the pocket. He had not moved anywhere. Like he was directly behind the center, chunks the ball up to no one. No one was even in the same zip code. And they were like, Oh, he was outside the tackle box, and we were all sitting there looking at it like, no, he wasn't. But once you make that call, there you can't review it. That's not a reviewable call. So they just move the ball and continue right. to play and stuff. And I'm like, dude, what? Like, how can you sit there and and say something like that to all these fans when they can sit there and say, no, you're lying, and there's nothing that anybody can do about it, you know? Um, stuff like yeah, that I mean, should be should go into their grading, you know? Yeah, Mark Krolls should have lost his job years ago. Um, by the way, I will uh, look back up. He works for a financial institution in Memphis, and I posted his phone number a year ago, and I will do it again uh, after this pod um, for those of you that are looking. <clears throat> Fire Mark Krolls. Um, So, yeah, man, there needs to be a vetting system. There needs to be a point system. Everybody knows that there's agendas that these guys push. Whether you want to believe it or not, it is true. It is. Money has been involved in corrupted sports since the beginning of sports, uh, dating back to the 1800s. I mean, people had money um, on freaking rowing, okay, at, at Ivy League schools. Like, it, it's, it's been corrupt for a long time. So, this is nothing new, but you just got to be able to at least make it not so egregious that it's like, okay, why do I even invest in this? It's... Because at a certain point, it's going to be like, okay, am I just like watching WWE football version? Like yeah. just all this like scripted, premeditated, um, predetermined stuff. Like just it's like is it entertainment or is it actual actually a contest? 
Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's pretty disgusting. And uh, that's one thing that I think the NFL actually does better than college. Um, I think, I mean, there's some bad calls, but uh, it seems a lot less, um, I guess, agenda-driven to uh, pander to the teams that will make the organizations the most money. So. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with, because the NFL is one big thing that they all, like the refs, it's one big umbrella that all the refs fall under. Instead of Big Ten refs, SEC refs, yeah. uh, Big yeah. 12 refs, you know, where like SEC refs. I mean, I saw a lot of Ole Miss people saying, oh, well, the refs were blowing the game for Ole Miss like, last night because they wanted another SEC team bowl eligible, you know. And I mean, when you're getting bowling out 42 to 6, I really don't think it's, you know, 100% the refs fault at that point. But they do have a point in the sense that like there's definitely – more of a more of an an option or a um trying to think of the word but like when say you have two sec teams that are playing right there one can't get to the playoffs so you're not hurting them and one you're trying to get bowl eligible or something there's more of a incentive incentive yes that's kind of the word i'm trying to think of there's more of an incentive for the rest to call it one way or the other if they're working for that one specific SEC realm that would make more money and profit if this were the turnout. So well, yeah, I'm not saying yeah, so that's what happened, but I'm saying that right. there's definitely more incentive that way, the way it's set up right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, if the SEC office, so for everybody listening that doesn't understand it, every SEC team gets a cut of all the bowl money added up and every team that gets eligible obviously brings in more money and it's like i think last year it was like 35 or 40 million dollars per school so if we get another school in that's another 40 million dollars or so so let's say the sec office to these five or six referees is like hey like if y'all and don't get me wrong like arkansas is gonna beat them regardless but just in theory if they're like hey uh if y'all swing this game in arkansas's favor uh and they win um, I'll give oh, each of you refs get a hundred thousand dollars. Like, you think they're not going to do that? Two hundred, two two hundred thousand dollars even. I mean, that's what like not even five percent of the forty million dollars. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so it's just. I mean, it sounds we're not crazy. saying that's happening, but you know, it's, 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 but, but you can't say that it's not a but, possibility. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a possibility, and that's kind of what I was saying with my whole point of, like, if if you're left to govern yourself in the sense of the SEC governing its own officials, that's when you know corruption can start happening. You know, Correct. so I don't know, but yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest. There, something needs to be done. Uh, there needs to be a grading scale, like you said, or something. Uh, but something needs to change because if it keeps going the way it's going, well, nothing's going to change about it, you know. So. Yeah, and I also I don't think referees should have uh, two jobs. I think if you're a ref at that level and you're making one hundred and fifty to two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, I don't think you should be working another full time job. And I think that it would be good if there was no. And I know traveling would be an issue. But if there was no conference referees, because, I mean, it's, we're all under the same rules. Why, why is this even a thing? Uh, and every weekend, let's say, on, like, Thursday, was, like, 
the earliest that the refs got their assignment. Like they didn't know where they were going to go ref until two days before. Yeah. And they spent Friday traveling and Saturday working. And look, the, I mean, at that point, if you're making that money to go and do that, well then if, if that's something you want to do, you want to be a ref, you want to make that money. Well, that's just something you have to live with. It's not knowing where you're going until Thursday and then you just got to go, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah like, you're, you're making a quarter million dollars a year to ref, uh, what, like, 14 weekends out of the year max so i mean like bite the bullet on tv like are you are you kidding me you're gonna complain about that yeah no sure yeah you get a different job in the off season if you want but come on like that's that i'm not i'm not saying refing is an easy job but it with so much technology that we have now it's it's a lot easier than it used to be Mm -hmm. yeah um all right uh i've said my piece on that we can move on well, good deal. Okay, um, rolling into what we don't. Um, this is an interesting one. I want your opinion on it. Uh, and I may have brought this up earlier in the year, but are we? Are, I'm going to ask again because I still don't know. Are we a good bad team or a bad good team? I think we're a bad good team at this point in the year because we have the pieces. We've seen it. We have the the coaches. We have Arnett. We have what we need to be a good team. But, and I think 85% of us being partly bad has come down to coaching and stubbornness. So that is why I think we are a bad, good team. Because we have the pieces to be a good team, but we keep st- tripping over our own feet you know yeah yeah we um we lack the ability to make the the big plays when we need them the most um and we've only won one close game this year and that concerns me and that was auburn and we almost gave it away like we were up big and just started choking and i think thursday is going to be a dog fight yeah i don't think it'll be i don't see it being a blowout in either direction I just think it's going to be a weird, sloppy game with some weird TV moments in prime time with a bunch of stuff that's going to make Twitter and a bunch of just weird, wacky plays, probably some terrible calls that we were talking about. And uh, just very on-brand every other year Egg Bowl thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Like we said, we'll have some uh, Ole Miss guys on later in the week to talk about that and it should be interesting to uh discuss some of that with them and all the stuff that's going over going down over there in oxford so that should be a good time yeah um and we kind of hit on my other ones uh can we play in the rain is my second what we don't and that's not obviously something that we can even yeah. testify right now but the the uh last year so, the answer was no and i haven't seen a huge improvement in that this year so I'm gonna yeah on uh, uh memphis game kind of eh, kind of sort of rain got big delay i mean um, it even sprinkled during auburn a little bit didn't it yeah yeah a little i don't know if it was enough uh the egg bowl last year was literally the least ideal like yeah, and that's what it's almost shaping up like it this yeah. year again, you know. Yeah, um, like it was raining as much as it could for you to like still play 
right but not not be delayed and that's exactly they probably i mean they should have beat us anyway they're a better team but like it was just not not ideal um in my third i just want a simple yes or no here and we'll talk about it in more in depth tuesday is lane kiffin gone no okay i'm just going with my gut we'll okay. talk about it later yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Um, and this is more open-ended question. Uh, what does this week's game mean for the MSU program? Like, how big is it for us? How big is it for Leach? How big is it for just the program's future? Um, On a scale, just however you want to say, it. You one to ten, it and you go into for depth the for the the entirety of the program. I'm not going to put a whole lot on this game. It's a night away game on Thanksgiving Day that's going to be cold and wet. As far as the Mississippi State football program is concerned, yeah, it is a rivalry game. I don't think it's a huge deal for the outlook of the entirety of the program. Now for Mike Leach, my answer varies a little bit. I think it is a lot bigger of a game for his for his um stock here at Mississippi State for his legacy uh he's 0 and 2 in the egg bowl so far that's not a legacy you want uh so is Will Will is 0 and 2 in the leg- in the egg bowl also a legacy you do not want so um you know I'm not saying like you were saying earlier if if he loses this game, is he fired this year? No, I don't think so, and I'm I, I agree with you. I I don't think he's gone this year, but he loses this game this year. Um, there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding his future come next year. You know what I'm saying? So, um, as a entirety of the football program, no, I don't think it's do or die for Leach. I also don't think it's do or die, but I think it means a lot more to him in the short run, uh, or not. Maybe to him. I don't know if he cares about it at all, but it, it, it matters more for him and for his legacy. Yeah, I mean, he just hasn't shown a lot of uh, care in rivalry games, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and that includes his time at, at um, Wazoo as well. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I like to think that he does and just doesn't show it. Um, I don't know, man. I, it's kind of a double – there's two answers to this. Obviously, it matters either way, but if Kiffin does leave, the losing this game would not be as big of a deal because I feel like literally no matter what happens, there's no way that Ole Miss can end up with a better coach in a better situation than the, they are with Kiffin right now. Like, they can't hire anybody better than him, okay? So – if Kiffin were to beat us and then leave, uh, we would have more reason to keep Leach longer because we would be already a step ahead of Ole Miss, um, them having to go through a coaching flip and a downgrade and a bunch of recruiting changes and probably a bunch of people leaving in the portal, probably most of his talent that he really likes going to Auburn or wherever he goes. Um and Leach would kind of have a step ahead of them for once in his career here. So there's multiple answers to this. It's kind of TBD, but uh, to me, just showing trajectory of getting better, going from seven wins to eight wins would be good, uh, especially in a year where you had to draw Georgia out of the East. Uh, 
Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be some TBD. I don't think we're really gonna know the impact of this game until further down the line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Um, you got you got some what we don'ts. Um, the only thing that I had of what we don't was uh, let's see, it's uh, will our offense be able to move the ball if we don't run? And I, you know, it's kind of going back to what we do know. Uh, and especially if it's cold and wet we are going to have to run the ball to stay competitive in the game, and we'll see if that happens. So that's about it. Yeah, I think we need at least a 75-25 split minimum. At least, yeah. Uh, from path carries. So, yeah, that's – uh, and essentially you could – that statement right there could be win or loss. Right, exactly. Like that – I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that easy, to be honest, like it, with this opponent. Like it just – our defense will be fine. Um, it, it's good enough. Barnett is good enough. Um, but can we be somewhat balanced? That's just all it's going to come down to. Um, my next one is a, a little different one for the end of the year here. Um, I want your biggest uh, surprise in a good way of the year and your biggest disappointment of the year thus far. It can be... Our team, it can be a player, or it can be the SEC, or it can be the entire country of football in general. Just what you feel there. That's a really wide question. It can just be anything that I've seen okay, okay. the whole uh, year. Let's do, let's, do, let's do it for our team then. Biggest good surprise and, and disappointment out of our team. Um, biggest surprise probably our backfield in the sense that I knew we were going to have backs that could catch the ball and like run in space, but I really did not think we'd have any guys that could really, like I knew Marks was there, but I didn't think we'd have guys that could really run through the tackles real well. Um, but they surprised me this year when we have utilized them into that sense and some not so easy to run on defenses. It's actually, they've, they've worked. They've been good through uh you know running through the tackle straight you know straight downhill um so that surprised me not that we got to see enough of it i think we should have seen a lot more of it um and the thing that probably disappointed me the most out of this year and this team was in games that like kentucky or like lsu in the second half where the the defense has changed to better counter what we're doing and we continue we don't change you know we continue to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and we are just too stubborn to change the game plan change the looks change the anything and like it's like beating my head against a brick wall just you know that they say the it, you know, I don't know. It's just insanity, just doing the same thing over and over again. So that I think that's the thing that has disappointed me the most. Like, if, if we change stuff up and change the game plan and still lose, well, you know, at least there were, it was, we tried, you know, at least we tried to make adjustments. But when I see no adjustments being made and the same thing keep not working, well, what does that show me? It shows me a whole lot of nothing. So that's what disappointed really the me the definition most. of stupidity. Yeah, or... Or isn't it insanity doing the same thing over and over yeah. again? With Either one. Yeah. 
um, to each his own there. But uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I, that's actually probably not even what I was going to say. But now that you bring that up, I think the the inability to adapt um, on the fly and make adjustments is probably my biggest disappointment as well. Um, the only other one that I maybe could think of is uh, I kind of lot I kind of thought our defensive line would be better than it is. Um, we didn't have Crumity for a while, I understand that, but I don't know. I just kind of thought they'd be some more big plays out of those guys. I mean, they haven't been bad by any means. I just kind of had higher expectations out of them. Um, yeah. my, I think my biggest uh, upside surprise, though, would maybe be if I had to pick a player, it'd probably be uh, Decameron Richardson. Um, I was worried about who was going to play corner opposite of Forbes um, with no Martin Emerson this year. And I think he's he's been really solid, especially for a first-year guy. Um, so he's filled that spot pretty well. Uh, and I don't know. I, I mean, as, as far as a player goes, that's, that's the only one I can really think of. I mean, I, I kind of knew what we were getting coming into the year. And uh, I don't know. It may be. I really thought Will was, like, improving, like, the first four or five games, and then he just kind of flatlined, and I guess that's another disappointment. Yeah. Is that he didn't really get any better when he – all through last year, like, literally every game he got better. And then, you know, we already talked about it. I think he kind of plateaued. Um, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a mental block. I'm not sure. But uh, I don't want to get too negative, and there's been a lot more disappointments than there has big things. Yeah. Including the, I will say right now, and I'm not going to harp too bad. I the receivers have disappointed me. I thought they were going to be better too, and the talent is there, but the drops have been awful. Uh, I don't think the separation is as good as it could be, and I do not like that we just randomly pick new receivers and play guys out of position. And I don't know, man. It's just like. I'm going to miss Jaden Wally when he leaves. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just, I don't even know. I don't even know where to go with that. There's just so much going on there. Uh, our, literally our most talented guy just doesn't get the ball enough. And he did this weekend, which was great. We finally used uh, Tulu in a, in a fun way against ETSU. So I'm sure he probably will get one catch this week against Ole Miss. So that would be yeah. exhilarating. Um, but he'll return two more kicks for probably 120 yards. But. Uh, yeah, so that's what I got there. Um, I've got my quick power rankings down, and I usually think that this is going to get easier as the year goes on, but now it's actually difficult. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, number one, the only easy spot here. <clears throat> well, one in 14, uh, Georgia. <laughs> T two is LSU. Three. Um, and this in parentheses says RIP is Tennessee. Uh, four, Bama. Are you saying Tennessee now or Tennessee with uh, with their quarterback healthy? I'm saying if they still had Hooker. Okay. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to like bump them all the way down because of South Carolina. But yeah. like, obviously, with him out and. Like they're yeah, they'd probably be like 
Okay. Upper yeah. upper mid pack. Yeah. No arguments. <clears throat> so four Bama. Uh, at five, I have a three-way tie. It's uh, MSU, Ole Miss, and USC. Um, and that is a Ole Miss with uh, Kiffin actually doing his job. <clears throat> um, and not looking ahead. Eight, I have Arkansas. Nine is Kentucky. Ten, making some progress here, is Auburn. Shout out to you, Cadillac. 11, Florida. We may have dodged a bullet with Billy Napier. Uh, I, I'm not too old, and I remember the day that Billy literally thought he was too good to take our job. So thank you, Billy. Uh, 12, still making progress as well. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt I is 2-0 in the last two weeks. I just, I just realized I need to flop Florida and Vandy. Yeah. That is that. only fair. 11, baby. Vanderbilt, 12, Florida. <laughs> um, 13 is Mizzou. And uh, unranked is uh, Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas A&M. <laughs> I never thought, like, in a million years, coming into this year, them being ranked so high with their recruits that they had and then being literally at the bottom of the SEC behind Mizzou and Vandy. That is crazy. This uh, should be a fun fact of the day. Vanderbilt has twice as many conference wins as Texas A&M this year. Oh, yeah. I sent that tweet to Hannah uh, yesterday, and she was not happy about it. Yeah, well, um, that's what happens when you partake in cult activities. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. Uh, this weekend kind of put a shuffle uh, all across the country. Uh, we'll look ahead against uh, do some rivalry game stuff, um, not including ours, and just kind of throw some predictions out there if you're down. Wait, so what? Do, uh, I said I, I said I'm just gonna like roll through like the rivalry week games and make some predictions. Oh, not, you want to like, do not, that? That's fine. Okay. Yeah, because we're gonna have like five or six people on Tuesday. And it's gonna be ridiculous. We're not. We're not gonna okay. talk about the egg bowl, but everybody else we'll talk about. Uh, Friday. I always thought that this is weird. This game is played on Friday. Uh, Arkansas, Missouri, um, is at Mizzou. Arkansas is favored by four. Who you got here? I got Arkansas. I think, especially coming off of that win against Ole Miss this week, uh, I think Pittman's feeling good. I think KJ. We got Lizzo back. He's doing good. Uh, yeah, I got I got Arkansas there. Yeah, my gut says Arkansas covers here. Um, yeah, Mizzou, Mizzou is fighting for bowl eligibility, so maybe the refs get in there again, like our uh, conspiracy theory goes. Um, but no, my gut says Arkansas by uh, by ten. Um, next game on that slate is uh, Florida and Florida State. Um, if Florida had not a loss to Vandy, I would have thought this had been interesting, but it's a 6.30 kickoff. Uh, Florida State's currently favored by 9.5. Uh, how you feel about this one? Yeah, I think Florida has kind of gone down the drain here, kind of shit the bed. Uh, Florida State has been looking decent this year, uh, better than we thought they were going to be, so uh, I'd have to take Florida State in this game. Yeah, I it think... It may be uh, a little harder if Vanderbilt wouldn't have beaten Florida last week. Yeah, and it's at F- FSU. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. Just I don't, I don't really get much out of this this Florida team. It's just eh, eh. I honestly think Dan Mullen would have had a better year with this roster than than Billy has. But 
we'll never know. Um, getting into Saturday, uh, the Georgia Tech team is going to be <laughs> fighting for bowl eligibility against the number one team in the country. That's 11 a.m. kickoff. Georgia is currently favored by 35. <laughs> I'm going to go and say Tech is not going to be bowl eligible at the end of this game. I don't think they will either, but I actually am going to take them to cover. 35? Yeah. Yeah, I can see them covering 35. Is yeah, it in Athens? They got a, yes. Yeah, still. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech is literally like 30 minutes away. Yeah. Um. So, South Carolina and Clemson, this becomes interesting as well. Uh, I'm actually going to be pulling for Clemson. I mean, I'm going to be pulling for South Carolina – it's currently Clemson is favored by 14 and a half. How do you feel about that line? After this last weekend, 14 and a half seems like a lot. I may, I may take South Carolina in that one uh, to at least cover and ask me later if I feel like they can win. I don't know, but okay. I think they cover right. at least. Yeah, I think they, they definitely are capable. Um, Clemson just hasn't really – Seen much competition this year. Uh, not super impressive. Um, they got DJ playing okay. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I, I hate Dabo. Uh, next, Louisville and Kentucky uh, is at UK. This is usually a weird rivalry game. UK is actually favored by three and a half, but uh, I'm taking Louisville all the way in this one. Fuck Kentucky. I hate Will Levis. Louisville, baby. Will this is your advisory that will let us blows. Next, we have Auburn at Bama. Um, Bama was much better than Auburn last year, but they, they managed to drag this into like three overtimes, I think. Uh, the line is set at Bama by 21 and a half. It's in Tuscaloosa. I think I'm taking Auburn to cover. And I was about to say the same thing. Look, Cadillac, I think these boys are going to go out there and play for that man. Uh, they're going to play hard. Uh, I don't know if they win in Tuscaloosa, but Cray, I mean, if you want to ask me some of the craziest games I've ever seen, it's been in some of the Egg Bowls and some of the Iron Bowls. So, you know, who's to say? Uh, it, I think it's going to be a good game. And if the line is 21-plus, then, yeah, I'm taking Auburn to at least yeah. cover. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think these guys will be motivated uh, to, to try and make a bowl. Um, and they just obviously love Caddy. And, uh, you know, Bama, they're not playing for anything. You know, they're, they're not going to win the West. They can't get in the playoff. Uh, they're playing for a decent New Year's Six Bowl at best. Um, but, you know, you don't go to Bama to play in New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, so um, it's a 2.30 kickoff. Uh, like I said, I like Auburn to cover. Next, we have LSU um, against A&M. LSU's favored by only nine and a half. I get it, it is in College Station. I just got to go that LSU's going to cover that here. Oh, yeah. the, I mean, A&M didn't cover versus UMass, and I picked them to not cover versus UMass, and I was definitely correct. <laughs> uh, things are just bad there. There's, they're just bad. They're bad. They're, bad. they're real bad. Uh, four people showed up for their game against UMass. Uh, yeah, I, I would take LSU. I'd take LSU if the spread was 21, I think. I, I, it's This A&M yeah. team is just so far down the drain at this point that they they're just going to they're, they're, they don't care, and they're, they're just going to have to clear house. they got to fire everybody except for um, their coach, you know, whose name now slips my mind for some reason. Uh, 
Jim Bob. Jim Bob, yeah. How am I forgetting that? I mean, you can't buy out Jim Bob, so I mean, they're going to fire everybody else on the roster, uh, I feel like, and bring a whole new crew in because this is just abysmal. What the, what what's happened this year? Yeah, yeah. Anybody uh, that is owed less than eighty six million dollars that is on their payroll for the football staff, they will be gone. Um, so, yeah, I think LSU by three scores is fair. And then on the last on the SEC slate is Tennessee at Vandy. That line is fifteen and a half. Um, this is a really interesting game right now. No hooker. We don't know what that'll look like in Nashville. Not that that really matters too much, but I. I'm just going to go out on a whim here. I'm going to say Vandy covers. Yeah, I don't know. I like the Vandy 15 at home. I, I feel like they're playing hot right now. They got two wins under their belt. They're feeling good. They do have some athletes on that team. I'll give them that. So, you know, a pretty pretty down bad right now Tennessee team without their star Heisman quarterback. Yeah, I could definitely see uh, Vanderbilt at least covering that game. So. Yeah, man. Um, they ha- This is not the Vanderbilt pass. Like They actually have some dudes. Uh, I think the portal will, will bode well for Vanderbilt because they can kind of get some like upper talented like G5 players and stuff uh, that won't have to sit out of the year and they can just come play at a better level and get more exposure and just, you know, go to the NFL. Um, like they, I mean, they got some guys that, a couple of guys that I, I think would start for us. I mean, they just, they're not absolutely bumhole like they, you know, like they used to be. So, yeah. uh, Shout out to them. Hate their fans. Um, they're the worst. But uh, uh, I'm just going to tap on this one real quick. Michigan at Ohio State. Ohio State's favored by eight and a half. Who do you got in the 3-2 matchup? Somebody's got to lose. And I think the lo- the loser doesn't make the playoffs. Um, I think Ohio State's the better team. I think Michigan is more of a fraud. Uh, I feel like they've been kind of overhyped this year. Um, but then again, you know, all three of them had pretty – tough games since last week it shouldn't have been tough so i don't know um but yeah ohio state at home i've I've thought ohio state was the more complete team all year so i'm gonna i'm gonna take ohio state you said the line was three um, i would take them to cover that no it's eight it's 8.5 oh 8.5 i'm just gonna take ohio state to win how about that you never like answering the cover. I okay. Don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Ohio State as well. I do think they cover. I think they win by 10. Uh, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, which is kind of a travesty there. Really weird. Um, anyways, the, the last one I'll touch on, I can't believe Notre Dame has improved this much. They're 8-3, and three, and they're taking on USC. That's a 6.30 kickoff. USC is favored by 5.5. They're fighting for their playoff hopes. Who do you like? USC by winning. What's the line? 5.5. Yeah, I say they cover that. Win by at least a touchdown. Man, if this wasn't in SoCal. I'm taking Notre Dame outright. I think I think there's going to be more chaos and I think USC's going to lose. We'll see. Call me crazy, but I I'm here for it. I usually don't pull for Notre Dame, but I can't say that I like USC much either. So that's all I have. Um, I can't believe the season has gone by this fast. Yeah, it is. It has gone by fast. It's new fun. So guys, enjoy it while we still have it. Um, I will not go to our bowl game because. 
every bowl game I've gone to, we've lost. So I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, may or may not go to the egg, weather permitting there. Um, yeah, I, I think I actually am going to go to the egg bowl. Um, but we'll see how miserable I am out there. Well, sounds good, man. If I see you, I see you. If I don't, then uh, go to Hell or Miss. And uh, you guys know what week it is. Um, don't let Ole Miss fans tell you that they don't care because they do and they're lying and they think that LSU is their rival even though LSU leaves the trophy on the field when they play. This is Dogs Today. It's been a good one. Y'all have a good week. I'm out. We'll see you later.